Hey, Rufus, have you ever played in a Survivor contest, Pick and Pool, or March Madness bracket? Yeah, of course, dude. Uh, well, you know, this episode is brought to you by our new partner, Splash Sports, and they're the leader in peer-to-peer sports contests. Um, when you've played in these different bracket pools and whatnot, has it ever, have you ever trouble, like, have you ever organized one? It's a pain. Have you ever trouble collecting the money or receiving the money? Has that a bit been a pain for you? You know, I was the guy that organized those back in high school. So, yes, of course it's a pain. Yeah, so Splash Sports is a platform built by the group that owns Run Your Pool, an office football pool that's changing office pools forever. They take the same games you've played before, Survivor, Pick'em, Golf, One and Done. We're going to do a Golf, One and Done, which I'm excited for. I'm excited for that. Traditional DFS and allow you to play in them legally for real money. You don't have to be the commissioner. You don't have to pray the commissioners not take your money and run. Uh, Splash Platform lets you enter contests with debit card, credit card, PayPal, Venmo, ACH, and holds the money for each contest and pays out winners immediately into your Splash wallet, where you can withdraw to your bank account, Venmo, PayPal, or credit card. As a commissioner, it takes all that administrative work out of managing a contest. You set up your contest, get your group together, and play. And if you haven't tried it out, you should. The product is beautiful with mobile apps built to make the experience of playing against your friends more fun and more social. And as part of this partnership, we're going to be running a few different contests. So go to the Splash Sports app and the iOS or Android store today. Click on the link in our show notes to play against Rufus and I in a 50 and Bud in a 50K College Bowl football contest or go to splashsports.com slash BTPCFB. And with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage and sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is. Welcome tennis. to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast that is actually sponsored by, as you can tell because you listened to the intro, Splash Sports the leader in peer-to-peer sports contest. Rufus, how is the Philippines? Jeff, first, are we going to get like, even... I, I'm, I'm back in the Philippines, Jeff. I've, I've been everywhere. I've been, it's been, I need, I need a vacation. And I say, I say that not ironically. I feel like a week here has, it, it's been a not vacation vacation. And now the vacation is going to begin. Tomorrow I go to uh, Shargao, Island. It's an island, and I'm just going to be on the beach. Tom and I are going to be on the beach for five days at a resort, and that'll be nice. Do some surfing, um, you know, read, work on improvements to the golf model. But the last week, I was, let's see, I was in Manila, I was in Taipei, I was in Jakarta, and then back to Manila. Nice. It's where's your been, favorite place been so far? Um, I don't know. It's a tough question because I like we haven't been seeing anything. I've been playing a lot of golf and hanging out with rich Singaporean businessmen. And like this is this is a business trip, um, Jeff. I don't I don't know. Why I almost called you Zach because <laughs> you're explaining to me that it's a business trip and you talk to Zach about business. I, no? There's a lot of Zachs. Maybe not. Zach White, big Zach, little Zach. I don't know. Um. Bull season is upon us, Rufus. What did you we we're we're gonna have Bud Elliott on in a couple of minutes and it's it's a pretty long segment, so we won't drone on too long on our stuff. But you know, what did you make of we, we talked a little bit about it with Bud, but what did you make of the the college football committee's decision? Um, I mean, given what we said last week where we thought Florida State, undefeated Florida State definitely would make it. I mean, I, I, I'm a little surprised, but Maybe the lesson is you shouldn't be surprised because it's the NCAA and they are a pretty damn corrupt organization, at least have been in the past. And and there really isn't a lot of oversight or um, much of a well, mandate. It's, it's, and- it's, it's interesting because I wonder, like I read something where they had, you know, visions of TCU getting blown out by Georgia in that final game going through their head. 
as they thought through this, like this sort of, you know, availability heuristic kind of recency bias around not like, I mean, it's just, it, 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 there are some parallels, right? It's, it's a power five undefeated team. I think the difference is Florida state was expected to be very good this year, right? So their level of talent is very high and it's just at the quarterback position where they obviously had fallen off. Um, a lot. Yeah. I, I assume that we we I assume that we believe that if Jordan Travis was there, there would be no. I guess the actual real question there would, would, be, there would be no. There would definitely be no. But, but who, like, who, Florida State is who would they have Travis. picked between Florida State? Who would they have picked between Bama and? Uh, I don't know. And, I mean Texas, like because according to their rules, they'd have to pick Texas, right? Unless they put Bama and then another team and then. Texas, right? If they could have it, the, the team's far enough apart, but it's, they've created all these rules and precedents for themselves, for themselves that, that make it so convoluted and difficult to figure out there. You know, it's like yeah. they, they were going to go against some precedent that they already created. And I think what you said though, about, I mean, the NCAA, seems like the exact type of organization that would overreact to the TCU blowout. I think it definitely there's they they put the manual like injury, you know, they pressed the injury button basically and said, let's downgrade. Right. But I, I think the issue people have is just the internal inconsistency. Right. Right. Okay. So back to this, this contest um, that we're doing with, with splash sports, which you can enter at splashboardscom slash BTP slash CFB. It's a, it's a pick them contest. Um, Jeff, is it slash BTP slash CFP or is it slash BTP CFP? Slash BTP CFP. Okay. Is that the process college football? Yep. Okay. No no second slash there. No second slash. Okay. So it's a pick game where you get to sort of highlight one special game. Any strategy that you would think about in this? Well, I guess you got to think about who you're playing against and what what those people are going to do, right? It's a a big pool. So it's a, yeah, it's a relatively big pool. I mean, $50,000 is the overall prize. Right. I mean, you expect that people are going to take since it's just it's it's just who wins outright the big favorite is their special game because, I mean, you know, it's most likely to win. Right. But just like Survivor, if you, you kind of you want to zig when people zag a little bit as well. So I would I would kind of look for something that probably isn't the most likely to win, but is going to be a little bit off the radar there. But again, if ever if you think everybody's doing that, like if people are smart enough to know that, then you know maybe it is. You know, there's a world where it's a little bit like a March. Chalk. It's a little bit like a March Madness pool where you've got to pick a couple upsets. Like if you just pick chalk in a big pool, you're not going to win. So you got to pick a couple upsets. Here exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But but what's funny, Jeff, is is if everybody followed like the advice that we're saying of like don't pick all chalk, then picking all chalk would be the right move. So. Nothing is true in a vacuum on these game theoretic games. All right. We now welcome in Bud Elliott to the Bet the Process podcast. And what is hopefully becoming a wonderful tradition, just like Santa Claus, Hanukkah, Christmas, it's Bud Elliott on the Bet the Process podcast talking bowls. But before we get into the bowls, I think it'd be uh, interesting to, and, and I'm sure you've already had some takes on this on the interwebs, but would love your take on uh, what the college football playoff committee did, because I'm guessing you have some strong opinions. Yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty bullshit, honestly, not, not to just start the pot off you know, cursing, but for a decade, we, we have the committee essentially espouse that they're going to take the four best teams. But if you kind of reverse engineer it, it's largely just the most deserving as dictated by, you know, strength of record and a few other factors uh, and then, you know, just a, a few other things mixed in. And this year, it seems like the committee did, uh, honestly, a, a bit of a poor job uh, when it comes to that. And they they just, in their judgment, thought that Florida State would not be a good playoff team, which is a defensible position, right? Because they, they don't have their quarterback, Jordan Travis. I, I, I think it's disingenuous to argue that FSU is like a clearly better team uh, or really even on the same level of a team than Alabama is, but I think as a sport, there's an expectation that you're largely going to follow the process that you followed for the first 10 years of the playoff selection process, despite whatever you said. Like, I know what the 
actual criteria said, but you, you can basically reverse engineer it. So they they deviated uh, from what they had always done, which was you know pretty surprising. Um, so yeah, I, I I hate it for those kids. Um, like on Cover Three, or, you know, our college ball podcast, a lot of our listeners are like, "Why do I want to tune in to watch a, a week three recap? You know, what? Why do I want to watch the the weekly playoff ranking show? These games don't matter. They're just going to pick whoever they want to at the end, which is a little over the top. But but I, I certainly understand the sentiment. So first off, I think I agree with you. It's bullshit. But and, and and you know, my visceral reaction was like, how can you do that? But then if you start thinking and you start warming up as a football fan, right, as a college yeah. football fan and what you want to see on January 1st and what, you know, you, you have like the whole concept of like what the point spread would be between these teams and like, are you picking the best? And obviously, if you were going to pick the top four, Georgia would probably be in there somehow, maybe, you know, like, but they weren't deserving, right? So at least they delineated in, in that, you know, that there were some bit of almost as deserving kind of thing. I, I mean, do you have an argument to that or do ultimately do you, do you see that line of, of thinking? Totally. Uh, I, I also think it's, it's a bit hypocritical that you think, okay, Florida state needs to be behind Alabama, but we, we think they're so bad without this quarterback, Jordan Travis, that they're not as good as Alabama, but we think they're better than Georgia. Cause they put FSU five and Georgia six. Like guys, if it's so meaningful that, you know, they need to be behind Bama. They also need to be be behind Georgia. Like if, if you're really going to make this statement as a committee, you know, drop them to like 10th, right? If, if we're truly doing this just based on best and, and a two week eye test. Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's a little odd. Uh, what, what about this upcoming bowl season? Now, as we segue into that, obviously we are um, doing an episode that's sponsored by splash gaming. And we're going to talk a little bit about the contest that we're going to be helping sponsor, which is this uh, 50K bowl contest. Uh, it's basically just a pick them where the points get more and more throughout. As you go into this bowl season, you know, with all the transfers and all the different probably opt-outs, how are you thinking about this from a macro perspective? So uh, I, I think motivation is uh, always important in bowl games. It's something that is hard to quantify, but I think if you don't try to account for it, you, you're not going to do uh, a very good job at picking your bowl. So what I do is I take my my week 13 power ratings and I plug them all in for all these bowls and say, okay, like what, what would I have had this in the regular season? Okay. And then I start to make basically my, my adjustments. And I don't have a player-based model, but I, I make player-based adjustments. You know, so, okay, they just had 11 guys hit the portal. Four were starters and okay, actually three of these other dudes who hit the portal would, would be those starters backup. So they're running... You're basically third stringers. Do they have any real cluster spots here? Uh, you know, do these portal entries say something about the the overall team's motivation to play the game, right? If a quarterback goes, and uh, especially you see this with, with some of these teams where maybe they fell a little short of their goal and now their coach is leaving, right? And it's just, it feels anticlimactic uh, to, to play the bowl game. And you try to make your your best guess at it. Right. It, it, there's not I mean, there is some science to it, but there, there's a lot of of art, I think, to to betting these bowl games. And then also the timing aspect of it. Uh, you know, like there may be a, t a bowl game you want to bet, but you want to wait for certain opt outs or, or transfers to be announced that you maybe don't know, but couldn't you know, reasonably anticipate. Because that, that may not be fully baked into the market or you might get a bit of a market overreaction when, hey, Heisman candidate elects to not play in a non-playoff bowl game, well, I want to bet that team anyway, because I, maybe I like the backup, right? Uh, so there's a lot of factors. I mean, it, it is something you need to watch. It feels like a ton of work for what is, what, 40 games? You know, that, that's less than we get in normal week college football, but the amount of work and, and nuance in it is, is a lot. So it's it's an investment. You're not going to get them all right. So Do you think you that talk there's about a motivation, Bud, how much of that is, like, teams not practicing that much that are less motivated is it like practice time or how or is it saying oh this team just you know they're not going to practice as hard they don't care as much because i mean motivation is a very hard thing to quantify i think and 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 as you said like you're not going to get them all right and so i think the danger is sometimes like 
I mean, I personally think that the market historically has overvalued motivation and the narratives behind it. And and so up until recently, with now it's changed with the transfer portal and everything like that. But recently, like, or up until recently, bowl season has generally been like my best, best um, week, long week, I guess, of, of college football betting, just for that reason. I, I definitely think they're in bowl season, you, you get the worst kind of CLV, right? W- w- which is the type that nukes your account, but also is not truly valuable, <laughs> you know, it, because it, it's just an overreaction. So um, I, I think that that's a fair point. With the the current calendar that we have, you, you have a lot of split effort going on with these coaching staffs. You know, they're, they're they're visiting high school prospects. They're also like hosting transfers and going to visit transfers and try and evaluate transfers. They're working hand in hand with their in-house or out-of-house collective to try to figure out, okay, what do we want to offer this player? He says if he's not going to get this much money, he's not he's not going to stay. He might hit the transfer portal to go you know, test his market value. Um, and you also have players trying to figure out, Hey, like, should I stay on this roster? Should I, you know, go elsewhere? Uh, do I want to try to hurry up and get my degree and, and, you know, maybe bounce. I I think there are more than ever. It's not just, Hey, like, does this team care about the game? It's like, did this team focus on the game for the 15 practices leading up to your, to your question? I've never heard of a team like not using the full 15 practices. They get them. The coaches are going to want to use them to to work with the guys who want to be there. Uh, But I mean, you definitely hear stories of you know, this team just they're in the Sun Bowl at, at, at UTEP and they go out and they get, you know, they get wrecked in Juarez and they're, they're not real serious about the week. But you know, this early out, it's hard to know like who will or will not be serious. I think for the most part, it's more the, the portal and the opt outs. So what's interesting to me is I think one of the reasons that I've found value in bowl season is because I still use priors at the end of the season. So if, if we have two teams that have performed equally in the same predictive metrics, I'll take the team that is more talented, that has the the better recruits because that team generally I would predict to perform better. Um, they're more likely to have underachieved. And so the, the interesting thing is those are also the teams that, I think you would say maybe less motivated, the more talented teams in bowls where they expected to um, not be there to be at much better bowls. I think it's a fair point. Uh, to your point though, the young guys who we knew we know are physically talented, but are, are not real experienced. They're going to be pretty motivated to go and, and, and play in their first shot. I, like the game this year, and maybe we want to say, do we want to save Missouri, Ohio State for the next episode? Because I, I think that that's the example, right? Like the lines has moved a ton based on anticipated opt-outs or just obvious opt-outs. But guys, the backups on Ohio State, they were four and five stars too. Like <laughs> these guys yeah. all run fast and are, are, are pretty big. So what what could you reasonably make Ohio State on a power rating if, if you just totally haircut them? There, there's a certain limit to this to where Missouri is just not going to physically overwhelm them. It's It's Missouri. So, I, yeah, I, to your point, I, I think that's, I think there's a lot there. All right. Well, let's jump into the games. We start on uh, December 16th with uh, Georgia. And I don't even have the names of these bulls on this, in this app right here. So let me, let me see if I can, do you know the names of these bulls? <laughs> at this uh, I do. Which, which, uh, which bull we want to start with? Georgia Southern and Ohio. Georgia Southern and Ohio. So Georgia Southern Ohio, that is the uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl in South Carolina. Uh, Ohio had kind of a disappointing season. Their, their quarterback Curtis Rourke got hurt uh, for part of the year. You know, came back and they not a disappointing year, like a, a decent year, but they didn't make the MAC championship game. I don't think that they're going to be unmotivated for this, but they have had like five offensive starters hit the portal already. So if if they're all on one side of the ball. That would seem to matter to me a little bit more because it just implies sort of a, a function thing. Uh, a lot of people think that Curtis Rourke, the quarterback for Ohio, uh, may not play in this game. He matters uh, quite a bit. However, maybe he'll play. This is another thing we have to track during bowl season. Some of these group of five schools are sort of understanding that you're going to hit the portal. Yeah, like we understand we can't afford to pay you what you're going to get on the open market. But if you want to play in the bowl game with your teammates, that's no problem, man. Like, yeah, let, let's, you know, what one last ride type thing. So they're not 
angry about it. Whereas some schools are, are they're not going to let you play. If you hit the portal, you're not playing in the bowl game. Uh, Georgia Southern, I think, will be pretty excited to play in this game. You know, fairly close to home. They score a lot of points. If Rourke is out for Ohio, along with four or five other starters on offense, this sort of, in my mind, projects as something, hey, like we know Georgia Southern is going to get a certain level of points because they do have a couple guys that will probably make NFL rosters along the skill positions. And just how many points can Ohio actually score? Ohio is a pretty good defense for the Mac, though. So it seems like keep an eye on the um, opt-outs, but probably lean towards Georgia Southern because their ability to score, period. Yeah, I, I I agreed with the move yesterday. I, I thought that was that was the right move. That move that line moved a lot. Yeah, because um, it was Ohio minus two and a half. Now it's Georgia Southern minus four. Um, what? But what would you make that like? You, you said your process. The first thing you do is is figure out what you would make it using your week thirteen numbers. What would you make that game? I I had made it Georgia Southern too. So with with, with, with the opt outs, yeah. Okay, I'm, I make it Ohio minus seven before opt-outs or anything. This this is probably leads us into another good point. You can be very correct within conferences, right, as, as far as the gap the gapping there. And then, like, different people will largely have the same gapping between teams within conferences, but the actual numbers when you go at this out-of-conference stuff, it, it can vary wildly. It's That's a really, really good point, bud. And the fact that we're, we're – I mean, we have the out-of-conference games early in the season, but then we have – basically all conference games with the exception of, you know, playing, making the estate and things like that, the, 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 the bye week non by week. And so it's like, we now have like eight weeks of only the conference games and then still have to figure out the, the strength of the conference. So correct me if I'm wrong, but, but the Mac has historically had some trouble in bowl games. Is that right? Yeah, they, they, they have they're, they're one extreme or the other. I'm trying to remember. No, they they have had some some struggles. Like the Mac, just you don't really have any any nil money a lot. Like it's like the level of athleticism is oftentimes kind of reduced. Can we can we move into some real sicko mode stuff? See, I do listen to your podcast with the celebrate the Celebration Bowl. <laughs> do we have anything on the Celebration Bowl? That's this Florida is... and M versus Howard. Obviously, that is not an not an FBS game, but I do believe it is in this. Pull, pull, pick them uh, in this pick them um, game. All right. I did. I don't watch a lot of FCS. I do know that FAMU got some nice transfers down from the FBS. So blindly, I'll just take FAM. Okay. Let's move on then. The New Orleans Bowl, which is Jacksonville State versus Louisiana. And Jacksonville State is giving three and a half now. Um, I, w- wasn't there a thought that they wouldn't even be? able to play in a bowl or were they different than JMU? No, they were the same as JMU. Uh, they got, they were fortunate that not enough FBS teams who were, were eligible qualified w- with the six win mark so that they, they got in. Th- that's a team I think is going to be super excited to play in a bowl game, right? It, it's you, you get to play up a division. Well, the, the Sun Belt is usually considered to be a better league than Conference USA is uh, both perceptionally and definitely power ratings wise. But like, hey, it's our first year in the FBS. We made a bowl. I, I think they're going to be pretty excited to, to go. I haven't heard of any opt-outs for Jacksonville State. On the other side, uh, Louisiana has a linebacker named Kendra Gant, who's already in the portal. And I don't think Louisiana has a track record of letting portal guys play. So he matters quite a bit. Like he's a guy who will get power five offers, one of their top you know pass rusher types. So depending on how much you care. Uh, on that, but just that—that's the one guy I've highlighted there who seems to uh, seems to matter so far. All right, let's move on to the Cure Bowl, which is Miami of Ohio versus Appalachian State, where Appalachian State is giving five and a half. Um, this was like a this was a team that everyone was sort of waiting for, right? And they slept walked at the beginning of the year and and played much better at the end of the year. And then Miami, Ohio is obviously a, a pretty big surprise to upset Toledo in that um, MAC championship. So, what do we make of this game? I, I think Miami, Ohio has a legitimately good defense, uh, not only for the MAC, but like it's a pretty good group of five level defense. When we saw them play Miami of Florida, they actually played admirably and they seem to have some real athletes up front. It's a really well coached football team. The problem, though, for Miami O, Miami o is that quarterback Brett Gabbert broke his leg and is 
you know, was out for the season. And then Avion Smith, their quarterback, who just they won with sort of in spite of his quarterback play, actually, in, in, in the MAC championship game, he, he's not very good. He's already in the portal. So you kind of have to make a decision on what do you think about the third quarterback on Miami, Ohio? And I've never seen the guy. So I don't really have a, the heart. I mean, I, I see a lot of recruits, but I don't really know what to make. But I think there's a, a there's some danger in over-adjusting because we already know that the quarterback they were using is not good. Okay, like we, we were on, on cover three, we were celebrating him keeping passes inbounds. Like, all right, cool. Like, just hit one more of these and, and might uh, might get down the field. App does not have many opt-outs who matter. Uh, I think their their stud running back, Noel, should play in the game. Uh, let me see who else here. Deshaun Davis is a receiver for them who's in the portal. He's probably the only guy who I think is projected to miss who matters a little bit. But at, I do think App is a different level of team. Um, I don't know what to make about motivations here. I think Miami O is a chance to win 10 games, I believe, for the first time in, in, in quite some time. But App played hard down the stretch. Like they didn't quit on their coach and they you know, they made the Sun Belt title game. So I, I don't think either team will. I'm not projecting either team to, to no show it. Rufus, what do you make this line? So this number, my number is uh, App State minus three. And that's using priors. Without priors, it would actually only be App State minus 0.7. But again, that's not adjusting for the Miami, Ohio quarterback situation, which is, you know, as Bud said, been there the last few weeks, but now it's even more uh, accentuated. We, we can say the drop-off is is probably minimal because the kid's not good, but at the same point, they still played the guy. And even when he was playing terrible over multiple weeks, the, the backup who's now in the portal, they never went to the quarterback three. So maybe there's some signal to that, like, oh, wait a second. If they're sticking with this backup who's that that bad, what what does that say about QE three? I mean, there's a danger though if you go to quarterback three and it doesn't work out. I mean, like look at the New York Jets right now, trying to go back to Zach Wilson after uh after going through two other quarterbacks, right? Like it's I think I think you can damage psyches and you kind of get to a place where like there's nowhere left to go. That's fair. And you kind of you expect, and the numbers bear it out that guys improve as they get more starts, especially the guys in for like injured starters. That's a good point. All right, let's move on to the New Mexico Bowl, which is Fresno State versus New Mexico State. Um, New Mexico State's a three point favorite, and for the total's fifty one and a half. Rufus, what do you make this number? And then Bud, love to hear you react to that. So my number is New Mexico State minus 0.6. But what's interesting is how different that is uh, from what the number would be if you didn't use priors, which would be New Mexico State minus 7.5. And, and I mean, New Mexico State, like they blew out Auburn on the road. That was that was just, I mean, who saw that coming, right? Um, so they've been a team that has way overperformed this year. And so, yeah, such a big difference in the in the no prior versus with prior numbers. Um, I, I make it slightly higher, but that's because I, I've been adjusting for some of the Fresno injuries in season. Uh, there are some motivational factors here. So this is the New Mexico Bowl. I don't think a lot of Fresno fans are psyched to go travel to this game. I, would, I don't know how many Fresno players are going to be super psyched to go travel to this because Fresno is a team that was deep into the Mountain West Conference race before their season kind of collapsed at the end. Head coach Jeff Tedford is going to miss this game for Fresno. He's a really good coach uh, due to health concerns, so they don't have their coach playing. they got a couple guys who I, I think matter, probably not playing in the game. But on the flip side, a lot of this comes down to quarterback Diego Pavia, who's a really good group of five quarterback. He carried New Mexico State uh, when they got hot this year. He got hurt uh, two games before the, the championship game, and then he also got hurt again against Liberty. And I, I don't think they would have beaten Liberty if he had stayed healthy, but certainly the game could have been a little closer that he was going up and down the field and scoring on almost all the drives. So I haven't seen a report on his health yet on this, but that matters a lot because the backup is a true freshman who is kind of capable. And I think that the fact they got him ready in game speaks to the quality of coaching that New Mexico state has. Uh, but still it's a large drop off for quarterback quality at this level. I, I also think New Mexico State is really well coached. I mean, if Jerry Kill had not had all the seizure problems that he had at University of Minnesota, he was doing good things there. He's probably elevated to a better job, and he had to take 
time off due to his own you know, health concerns with, with the seizures, seems to have a, those under control now. But a lot of people respect that New Mexico State coaching staff. They they just sort of, I don't know, you guys know like staffs, you just, you, you find a way and like you, you just, you're confident they're not just going to be an absolute dumpster fire. That's kind of that staff. Okay, move on to the LA Bowl, which is UCLA versus Boise State. Um, and UCLA is a three-point favorite and the total's 50. Rufus, what do you make this? Uh, UCLA minus two and total of 49.4 before weather. Are we expecting weather in SoFi? Probably not. Okay. I just, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't put in weather for anything. So except the army, I mean, there will be weather, whether it's, uh, impacting, you know, the people inside SoFi, I don't know. Like the, how, how strong the air conditioning is. It's a big thing. Like, is it going to be 72 or 68? I mean, there, there is a little open air aspect to SoFi, right? I mean, like a little wind gets in there from time to time. That's actually, that actually is true, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I've I've actually been to, I've been to a game there. I'm a little okay. higher on um, on UCLA here that, that that Rufus is, but this is another game where I just I don't think you can confidently bet this unless you know at least one of the quarterback statuses. So with UCLA, Garbers got hurt in the the, the final against Cal early on. I I actually liked UCLA that game but not once he got smoked in the first quarter and didn't return. So I don't know if he's going to play for UCLA. They also lost their defensive coordinator to crosstown rival USC. So maybe not great vibes there. We'll see. And they have a bunch of guys on defense who easily could opt out because they have like high, high level NFL guys. Boise, however, has their own problem. So they were running a two quarterback system during the year. Uh, the one kid blew his knee up, so he's not going to play. And the other guy is now in the portal. So, Boise is down to QB3 unless they let their quarterback play in the game, despite the fact that he's in the portal, which we have seen before in bowl season. I think the most notable one uh, was when Western Kentucky, last year or two years ago, remember they they let Austin Reed play, and he was one of the very best quarterbacks in the group of five, so it was a pretty huge adjustment if he was out, and they were like, oh, yeah, he's going to play. Cool. Uh, So I think UCLA should be favored here, but – this really could be quarterback three against quarterback three. And at that point, it feels a bit like flipping coins. All right, we'll move on to the Independence Bowl, which is Texas Tech versus Cal. Texas Tech is a two and a half point favorite. Um, God, it seems like just yesterday that Texas Tech was up in Laramie playing in the first game of the season. Uh, What do we make this, Rufus? Uh, Texas Tech minus five, total of 56. That's uh, I was the exact same with 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 the side there, uh, you know, pregame total a little higher just because they're they're both like really aggressive tempo, uh, with, with like you know dueling air raid teams. Uh, but in this one, Texas Tech has already had uh, two of their top receivers hit the portal as well as their best offensive tackle, so that probably matters to the total as well as to the side. I don't have any information on, on any Cal opt-outs yet, and they don't have a large – like none of the dudes for Cal who have hit the portal yet, at least as of this recording, are, are guys who I think w- would have a real impact. Um, so Cal is a team that was motivated to make a bowl this year. It was – I mean, their win total was like five, and they, they wanted to make a bowl to show progress. Texas Tech is a team that a lot of the media voted to uh, contend for the Big 12 championship which I thought was kind of silly because it was very clear that last year they just had incredible close game luck. I think they were 5-0 and in one-score games or 4-1 and or something like that, right? It was probably not uh, super sustainable at that level unless you had an actual jump of team quality. And so I, I think if you want to read a motivation edge into this, neither of these teams will be super excited to be spending you know, that, that time in, in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, but... I think Cal may care a little more about this just based on who's already hit the portal. And that's another point. Like you could read into this a little bit. Some of these super early bowl games, these guys could easily play in the bowl and just hit the, like announce the, for the portal after. Do you care the fact that they're like, Hey, guess what? I'm not like, I'm going to the portal now. Just, I'm in, I don't know. But uh, for some of these guys, I wonder if we can read into it. All right, let's move on to the Bahamas bowl, which is temporarily renamed the famous toastery bowl. Uh, Western Kentucky versus ODU. 
Uh, ODU is two and a half point favorites. The total is 55 and a half. So I make Nervous. this Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky minus 4.2, uh, no weather total of 51.6. And I will say, I remember Bahamas Bowls being extremely windy in the past. So this is one where, where that could come into play. This is, uh, is Jerry Richardson stadium, the small stadium or, or is that the, uh, yeah, that, that's that's the tiny one, right? I believe uh, I didn't know there were multiple stadiums. Well, yeah, because you have the, the one the Panthers play in, which is owned by Jerry, Jerry Richardson, right? Ah, which is Bank of America Stadium, I think. I mean, Rufus, Jerry... this is by the way, this is relocated to Charlotte. Just so ah, you well, know. so so maybe it will not be windy, <laughs> but also I don't think Richardson owns the Panthers anymore. So, oh, Dave sorry, Pepper. it's okay. Right, gotcha. <laughs> um, I will not be invited on the NFL Pick'em Podcast. <laughs> This is uh, I will. so the capacity of this is only fifteen thousand. So this, I mean, this looks like looks like a bigger high school stadium. This could be windy, actually. There, there's not a lot of cover uh, for for what they have, so have to look into that one. So I, I'm a little lower on Western Kentucky than, than I, I think Rufus is. Old Dominion is they're not great, but they they run kind of a unique offense that people have have trouble stopping at times, and they have a few. A few guys on the defensive line who are are decent for that level. Western big time quarterback edge, assuming Austin Reed plays in this game. Uh, but I would be cautious of some of the potential opt outs. Like they, they've had a couple of dudes who are probably pro players who've been banged up a lot this year. And I, I this is one I, I don't want to bet early. I, I want to see who plays because Western to me, they were so good two years ago, and they were pretty good last year. And you can sort of see some of the players who they got cycling off the roster. I When I watch Western, I see a very top-heavy team, a team that's really carried by its studs, and they have some real weaknesses at the, at the spots where they don't have studs. If those guys don't play, I, I find that meaningful. All right, let's move on to the Frisco Bowl on December 19th, which is Marshall and UTSA. Uh, UTSA is a 9.5-point favorite, and the total is 54 and a half. Half Rufus, what do you make this? Uh, UTSA minus 8.2, and I make the total 52. I'm slightly higher on, on UTSA here. Um, Rufus, do you have an like do you have a number where you can pull out the games where Frank Harris didn't play for UTSA? I don't know. I because he missed like four or five games for UTSA this year, and they I mean, like they, they lost outright to Army and uh, Tennessee, just crushed them. We didn't he didn't play against them so. I think they're a little better when Harris is in there. He, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the group of five. Like he's, he's a guy they had to fight to keep away from power five teams last year uh, and, and got a nice NIL deal for him. Marshall is a hard team for me to read. Such an up and down season. And then they there were two games in a row where they were just crazy injured. They have a couple opt-outs who could matter on, on the offensive line, or at least not opt-outs, excuse me, portal guys. So again, we, we'll need to figure out if Marshall's going to let uh, these guys play if they're in the portal, most teams don't, a few teams do. So that is kind of actually important to confirm that they don't. And then I want to see if Rasheen Ali, who's one of the best running backs in a group of five, if he's going to play. Like he, he's a guy that they give the ball to you know, 20 times a game at times and, and throw him five or six passes as well. So if he's out, that's a, that's a running back who really could matter for Marshall. All right, let's move to the Boca Raton Bowl, which is Syracuse uh, giving three and a half points to USF, and the total is 60 and a half. USF had a nice season, huh, with very little expectation. Again, Syracuse. Rufus, what did you make this? Syracuse kind of had the opposite. I think there was a little more expectation there, and, and that's – so So my number without a prior is minus four for Syracuse, but my number – my overall number is Syracuse minus nine, and my total is 60.6. Motivation obvious for this one, I, I think, or at least, at least you need to kind of consider it. Syracuse already fired their coach. All the assistants are going to be looking for jobs. You know, like their offensive coordinator is a pretty good OC for Syracuse. He has worked for Bronco Mendenhall in the past. Mendenhall just got the New Mexico job. I don't know if he's going to hire him or not, but this is something when we talk about focus during the practices. If these guys are on a fired staff and they're just coaching out their contracts for the interim thing, I don't know how much they care about the bowl game. They're really just trying to line up their next job if, if they haven't found one yet. So I think everybody can kind of appreciate that just from a, a work standpoint, like how focused you're going to work during the last two weeks if, if you're leaving somewhere. 
USF, I, I think they're probably really excited to make a bowl game. Now, this is another one I want to wait just to be sure, because I do know that a lot of teams in the Power Five like Barry and Brown, the quarterback for USF, and and would be interested if he jumps in. So I want like this is what just December twenty first, a week away. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to make sure that he's playing because if he doesn't play, that that is a material difference to me because their backup Gary Bohannon already hit the portal. Uh, so if he didn't play, you go from one to QB three. I, I think they're pretty loud to win the game. Love it. All right. The Gasparilla Bowl, um, which is Georgia Tech versus UCF with UCF giving four and a half and a total of 63 and a half. So based on the power ratings, um, I make that UCF minus nine and a total of 62 and a half. I was, yeah, 8.9. So I'm going to round the nine and <laughs> exactly match Rufus there. Uh, UCF doesn't have any, any opt-outs or portal guys who seem to matter right now. Georgia Tech has already lost uh, one of the better defensive linemen in the ACC, but that's about the only only guy who, who they've lost so far. So both of these teams, at least as of this recording, look to be pretty close to what they were uh, you know, with ending the season. Motivational-wise, UCF, I think they were pretty excited to get to a bowl game. Uh, they got smoked in their bowl game last year because they, they, they didn't end the way they wanted it to. Like Duke killed them. So I don't know if that's going to play a factor. If I'm if I'm on that coaching staff, I'm reminding him, hey, like you don't want to get embarrassed like you did last year. You know, let's let's play. This matters. Georgia Tech obviously very excited to make a bowl uh, after having some really bad seasons with the prior coach. So first year of a new coach, I think he's going to try to maintain the momentum, that type of thing. All right, and then uh, we've got the Birmingham Bowl, which is uh, Duke giving uh, getting seven from Troy um, and the total is 44 and a half. I, I know from being your fa a fanboy of you that you're a big Troy fan, bud, but Rufus, what do you make this line? I mean, so, so we have, I mean, Duke has had quarterback injuries um, galore this season. So uh, the take this number with a bit of a grain of salt, I guess, but the power ratings without factoring that it would make Duke a two and a half point favorite um, that with the no prior would still make, uh, would make Troy a favorite of about a half a point. And total of 45. So at end of season, I, I would have made this Troy four. Um, again, this back to our discussion of Miami O and app. What what do you rate the Sun Belt? What what do you rate the ACC? What what do you rate the Mac? Like that I feel really good about my Troy number within conference. Uh, when they step out of conference, it's a little bit different, but Duke has a lot of guys out. I mean, a, a whole lot, right? Um uh, RJ Oban is one of their one of their best defenders. They have another defensive lineman who's out. Uh, Dorian Masai plays a lot for them at linebacker. He's out, and they're on QB three as well. Their head coach just left to go to Texas A&M. They got some good news this morning as of this recording that uh, their offensive coordinator is not going to leave to go to Texas A&M. So it looks like he's going to stay there at least for the bowl game. They're still a really well coached team with with the the interim staff that they have, but. I wonder if you have to question how much does Duke care about this game? If you're Troy, the motivation's obvious, right? You just ask your kids, hey, how many of y'all had an ACC offer coming out of high school? And that's what almost all these group of five coaches are going to do. You know, it's this this group of five, this power five team didn't think that you were good enough to play for them. That's why you're here. Go show them how, how wrong they were type thing. Whether that works, who knows? But uh, also, like, is Troy fired up to play a bowl game in Birmingham, Alabama? Like, that's not much of a bowl trip for these guys. What's the swag right. bag like there? That's the real question. Yeah, that is true. What would you get in Birmingham? All right, let's move to the let's move to the Camellia Bowl and another another Alabama Bowl, the Montgomery in Montgomery, Alabama, which is Arkansas State, which is is in a bowl, which is pretty amazing. Versus Northern Illinois, where Northern Illinois is uh, favored. Sorry. Arkansas State is favored by one right now with a total of 53 and a half. Okay, so I make it uh, Northern Illinois minus three and a half. So I'm sensing a little trend that maybe I'm a little higher on the Mac um, and a total of 52. I, I made it Arc State too. Um, Arc State's a team, they were just visibly on the field awful for the first three weeks, just non-competitive. It, it looked like they didn't know what they were doing. Oklahoma beat them 
by like 60, and it could have been quite a bit worse. Then they switched to this true freshman quarterback. I think he's a good player, but I actually think that it is an example of the team maybe recognizing in practice that they were playing the wrong guy and not like not responding to the the dude who they were playing quite as well because the rest of the team just seemed to light on fire when, when, when they when they put this guy in. Like he's much better than the dude they were playing. It gave him a spark, and they really competed and played pretty well in almost every game that he played. The only team that really killed them was Troy, which just they couldn't block Troy. Troy has a different level of defensive line for the Sun Belt than almost everybody else with the exception of JMU. So, yeah, I think you have to basically use your rating only with him because they were so bad with, with the guy they were playing prior. Uh, and I – yeah, I, I'm a little lower on these MAC teams than Rufus is. I, I think I'm I'm, uh, I'm sensing here. But I don't know that that's tremendous value on, on Arc State because NIU can score. They have some of the better athletes by MAC standards. Like they're not, uh, they're not a, a, a total slug. Okay, we're going to move on to the Armed Forces Bowl, which is uh, JMU, who we've talked quite a bit, giving three, and the total is 41 to Air Force. So um, so I make it JMU minus 5.8 with a total of 39. So my number end of season would have been eight, but that's without the quarterback for Air Force because he got, he got hurt uh, in one of the final games. And, and he is a quarterback who I think matters some. If he was playing, I, I'm, I'm right there with Rufus as far as a pregame number. James Madison does have some significant opt-outs here. Their coach left to take the Indiana job. So whereas you might think, hey, they're really excited to go play in a bowl game because they they got eligible and that was something that they were you know, willing to go to court over uh, to, to do, I think the, uh, the lack of eligibility to win the conference and their coach leaving to take the Indiana job seems to have let some of the air out of the balloon. The quarterbacks in the portal, some of their very good defensive linemen, who if you watch JMU, that's – what powers that team? They, they're kind of 49ers-ish. They're just, they're, their pass rush is nuts for the Sun Belt level. A couple of those guys are in the portal. So I, I I actually think that Air Force, you could make an argument Air Force should be favored here if you knew the quarterback was playing. But Troy Calhoun this year has not been truthful uh, with respect to the quarterback. Like multiple times, he's like, yeah, he's, he's out a while and he plays the same week. So I don't know if we're going to get an accurate uh, report on Larrier. Well, a couple of days could be a while, right? So it just depends a on what hours. you mean by a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that is true. Yeah, it's the definition of what a while is. He's 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 okay. out a while for this practice. He'll be not. Let's, he's not there till the end of the practice. Misses period five and six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl, which is Georgia State and Utah State. Georgia State giving two and a half to Utah State with a total of sixty three and a half. Georgia State minus three and a half, a total of 62. Uh, I would have been Georgia State two and a half. Um, this one is another one where we're just going to have to watch opt-outs and, and injuries. So Utah State could be down to QB3. I actually do care about th this quite a bit. Uh, Levi, was it Williams? I forgot his name. The, 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 guy, the, the guy who I want to play for Utah State, Levi, uh, played pretty well against Boise before he got knocked out. They were actually up 10-0 on Boise. The backup, to me, is a, a meaningful drop-off. And then Boise came back and, and, and crushed them in that game. Uh, Georgia State, however, has a lot of guys who matter in the portal. Uh, Robert Lewis is already setting up visits to Power 5 schools. Marcus Carroll is, is another guy who likely will go P5. Uh, Montrevious Cunningham, one of their offensive linemen. They've got a long list of dudes who have already hit the portal. So do we want to read into that as far as motivation as well for Georgia state that they have that many guys hit the portal? I mean, it's 13 scholarship guys already in the, in the portal for Georgia state. So does that happen? If your team is that motivated to go play the game? I don't know. Uh, but I, I wonder if it's worth thinking about. All right. We're going to move to the 68 ventures bowl, which is Eastern Michigan getting 15 and a half from university of South Alabama with a total of 47 and a half. Rufus, what do you make that? So I'm I'm gonna go against uh the the narrative with the Mac right now and say that I make the number South Alabama minus 19 and a half. Although again, these are numbers based on the power rankings and not regressed for bowl games because they're it, which I should say some of that regression is going to come from motivational stuff in, in there. So you know, I don't want to like double count, but th this is just the raw number. So that uh minus 19 and a half total of 46. 
I was, uh, yeah, I, I would have 18 in the season. So Eastern's quarterback is in the portal already. That is, uh, that to me, that is worth something. He's not great, but it, it's still the starting quarterback. Uh, on the flip side, for South Alabama, Colin Lacey, who is one of the best uh, receivers in the Sun Belt uh, and, and definitely a guy who will, will garner some Power 5 interest, I would say, he's in the portal as well. This is a home game for South Al. It, it, it's in Mobile. So this is one of the times where I think you probably should use some home field advantage. Maybe they're actually playing in their home stadium. It, Eastern Michigan, the season definitely didn't go the way that they had hoped for it to go. Athletically, they're one of the teams that does not look very athletic. And South Al recruits a lot of like the Mississippi junior colleges that do produce good athletes. So it, it's in the number, right? The, the fact that it's 18, but this could be a real athletic mismatch. Okay. I mean, it sounds like 15 and a half is value there. That's uh, and probably this number will go up what you would guess as time. This is, this reminds me a little bit. I, I know that Bud and I talked about this, that, uh, uh, Oklahoma game, sorry, the Texas game this weekend, where it was like sitting at 15 and everyone had it lined at 18 or 19. And so seemed like good value. Nice recency exactly. bias with one sample size there. Okay, Las Vegas Bowl. We got Northwestern getting six and a half from Utah and a total of 41 and a half. So this is one where my number for uh, the no prior number differs a lot from, from the number with the prior. And, and the no prior number is Utah minus eight without a prior or without or, yeah it's without a prior with a prior it's utah by two touchdowns and i think a lot of that probably is going to be a little bit camera camerizing is going to be baked in a little bit there but the total uh, i have is 41 and a half so th this is one where i think it really is important to figure out and pay attention to how utah played in the last game of the season if we go back to that they hosted colorado colorado did not have shador sanders that's probably the biggest drop-off in terms of losing your quarterback to the backup, I would say, in college football. Like, I think Shador is good, but also Dion really couldn't get anybody worth the, worth the damn to come play behind his son because he had announced that there was no quarterback battle and his son was playing. So uh, it's hard to recruit good guys to come and just when they know there's no real chance they can win the job. So Shador was not playing. The game closed, what, it closed 20-ish, I think, at, at Utah. Utah was down to essentially QB five, a walk on uh, because rising was already out. The number two got hurt. Bryson Barnes got hurt as well. You would kind of think Barnes would play in this game, but that's not so he's already in the portal. So it looks like they're going to have to roll with this walk on quarterback five. And if you watch the game against Colorado, it finished 20, I think 23, 17. They could have lost at home to Colorado without Shador Sanders. Like that team is that Utah team is really beat up. So gonna need to try to figure out injury wise over the next two and a half weeks, aside from the quarterback, which we now know, who is actually going to come back and play for Utah in this game? Because if it wasn't for Colorado gifting them a bunch of personal fouls and kind of a bad call against Colorado on a on a punt return where the guy was ruled to have stepped out and actually uh, didn't. Utah could have lost at home, and that's a bit of a shocking result to me because they usually play extremely well at home. So I'm a little lower on this game. I, I understand why it is, but, man, Whittingham gets these teams ready to play in bowl games consistently. Like, if you look at Utah, they they don't they don't typically no-show these bowl games. So I, I don't know how much more I can really haircut them. On the Northwestern North side, it's... I think they're absolutely thrilled to play in a bowl game. I was going to say that just, it seems like they'd be pretty excited. Yeah. All right. Finally, our last one in what is called the warm up segment in our bowl contest that we're helping sponsor. It's the Hawaii Bowl, which is going to be San Jose State. Sorry. Yeah. San Jose State and Coastal Carolina, where let's see. San Jose State is a nine and a half point favorite over Coastal. Um, and the total is 54. Rufus, what do you make this? I mean, everybody should be motivated to go to Hawaii, right? Um, well, you're I, motivated I this, to go in Hawaii, yeah. but... <laughs> Maybe not to play football in Hawaii. So I make this San Jose State minus four and a half and a total of 55 and a half. Uh, so without McCall, but with one of the backups, I, I was making this San Jose three. San Jose played much better down the stretch, though. 
So I, I will give them credit for that. They they had some struggles early in the year, like they actually lost to, to uh, Toledo, which is you know, not a bad loss, but they, they had some other losses too that were a little disappointing. The, the opt-out list for Coastal is substantial. Uh, so quarterback Jarrett Guest and quarterback Grayson McCall. Now the difference between their two and three there doesn't really matter to me. I, I think they're similar performance could be expected. Jared Brown's a pretty important receiver for those guys. A couple dudes on defense who, who seem to matter. So the, the coastal opt-out list is is pretty substantial. Uh, but the portal list for uh, for San Jose, they, they also have a couple guys there who seem to matter. So uh, I think motivation here could, in, in a battle of the backups, like does one team care more about this game than the other team does uh, potentially? I think coastal was... You know, certainly one of the teams that was expecting to play for the Sun Belt Championship, and they they missed out on it when uh, you know a, after App beat JMU. All right, so to access this this contest, it's at splashsports.com/slash/btpcfb. So bet the process it's college football, and you you just pick eighteen these eighteen games, um, mm-hmm. not against the spread. You just it's a pick them, but then you also highlight one to be your your extra game, which you get extra points for. When you guys look at this, it, it seems like maybe the extra game might be, you know, a good candidate is South Alabama. Where, where do you guys see maybe a couple upsets that you might pick? Um, because obviously in a pick'em game, you're probably thinking a lot of chalk, but then to win a pick'em game, you got to be thinking about picking a couple upsets. So where do you guys see the maybe one or two upsets coming? Boise potentially, right? If, if they're excited. Oh, we didn't mention this. And if you listen to the end of the pod, this is probably a good nugget. Boise decided to elevate the interim head coach that the kids really wanted them to be the head coach. So do we care about that? Like we've seen instances before where we have a guy as an interim, uh, I think back to like West Virginia against Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl, where they're going to elevate this interim coach if they win and they play hard. They've already decided to give this guy the full-time job. Uh, so, you know, maybe their motivation edge is done. But I anticipate that Boise will play hard for the guy who the players seem to really want to get the job. Rufus, so, do you have an upset pick? Yeah, I kind of like Ohio after all this, after the line move, I think, f- fading that move. But Especially you know you're not picking against the spread, right? Yeah, I do. But I think, I mean, they, they went from a they went from a small favorite to like a four-point dog. I mean, I, I would, I'd also say Miami-Ohio, um, despite the quarterback situation. But I, I think one thing to remember for this contest is, you know, there is more variance in bowl games than regular season games. So for a given point spread, uh, a favorite is going to be less likely to win outright. So maybe the ch- the like the chalk isn't as chalky as it may seem. Completely, uh, I I could see Utah State as well. Yeah, I like that Utah State one, given the fact that it it it'll it'll be a much more familiar place for them to play also. And just this idea of these guys getting up in, you know, the Pacific Northwest or the Northwest that just, and having all those opt-outs as you were hearing that, I was like, man, Utah state seems like good value. Yeah. There's so many right. games with spreads under of a field goal or less though. And so it, it really, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a handful like the South Alabama game, but um, with, with, with double digit spreads, but it, it's a lot of games close to pick. Do we think? I mean, that it'll is, be interesting to go ahead. Sorry, well, uh, given that we know, like, if you just look at the data, that bowl games like, favorites don't win as often. Like, do do we think that there's something to that? Like, like is that being baked into the market more than ever? I mean, I I think the thing, the something to it is th- there is more variance. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's gonna that that'll manifest itself in in that sort of difference in the point spread to money line conversion, but. Is that baked into to, to money lines a little bit? I think, and I mean, I guess the question is how much of what we've seen over what is it like fifteen to twenty years of bowl games um, that I have in my data at least call it like modern football. I guess I don't know. I mean, the play where where we have play by play data. I think back. I think I play by play back to like two thousand six. But I mean, that's still a small sample size, and so this is in essence there still is a little bit of an art to it to say, well, how much am I going to wait? Like what the fit is like for full games versus all games. And you kind of have to regress a good amount still to all games. All right. 
Well, that, that is our first version of our bowl episode with Bud Elliott. Um, we'll have Bud on again next week to talk through the rest of the bowl games. It'll be interesting to see how these bowl games move. And we'll talk to you guys all again next week. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system to break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Imagine this episode was brought to you by Splash Sports. You must be 21 years of age or older in Massachusetts, Iowa, Arizona, and Louisiana. 19 years of age or older in Alabama or 18 years of age of older in other states to enter into a paid fantasy contest. Yeah. Sam Hahn, Rappin' Rockers, Jeff Ma, Rufus Peabody, crunching all the numbers, Massey Peabody rankings, we're looking for the edge, analytically driven, crunching all the numbers.